2 Timothy 2, 10-14. Let's go ahead and read this together. So if I am willing to endure anything, so I am willing to endure anything, if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. This is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. What do these things speak of that we've read so far? Living with him, reigning with him, life with him. It speaks of rulership and relationship. It speaks of the, the reason, the purpose we were even created. It's always good to remind ourselves we weren't created to serve God. We weren't created to worship God. There were angels that served that role and there are still angels that serve that role. The heavenly hosts, the heavenly armies, we talked about that last week, that they appeared to the shepherds. The heavenly armies, as vast as the stars, saying glory to God. There are angels that are there to worship Him. That's not why we were created. We were created to be in relationship with God and to be in rulership with God. We see it in Genesis. That is why we're created. We see it in Revelation. That is why we're created. To be in relationship and rulership with Him. And I love that we see this in this passage. Let's continue. If we are unfaithful, He remains faithful. I love this. Paul throws a little curveball. You know, I want to read this together. Let's back up uh, to the previous verse. And one more, maybe, verse 11. Yes. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardships, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny who he is. Don't you guys find comfort in that? If we are faithless, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. He can't deny who he is. He can't change who he is. He is God. He is true. He is the epitome of honorable with integrity. He can't deny who he is. I want to encourage us. I don't have a New Year's theme to tonight's message. It's just New Year's is coming up. If we're unfaithful, he remains faithful. Thank God for grace. Thank God for grace, unmerited, undeserved. So that's why we make it about God, guys. If we make it about ourselves, I mean, I am hard on myself. I hate blowing it. I do. I, I hate blowing it with my kids. I hate... You know, snapping at one of you guys. I hate blowing it. I hate, you know, the 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 pastor cop out the the one sin that pastors can always fess up to. You know, know what it is? The one sin that every pastor in the world is comfortable, definitely America is comfortable fessing up to. You know what it is? Anybody? Yes, yes. Traffic. Okay. Every pastor in America is comfortable confessing the sin of traffic. Of, you know, sometimes I lose my temper. Fool, you lose your temper every day. Every every time you get behind the wheel. Say one time, you know, but that's the one thing, you know. But I, I hate doing that. I hate when I'm like, good, good golly, why was it that important to get ahead of that clown? Why was it that important to call that guy a clown? I don't know, you know. Um, but I hate blowing it. But I find freedom because we can't make it about ourselves. 
It's not about my ability to, to be right or wrong or good or bad or perfect, which none of us are. It's about going, Lord, I thank you for your grace. I just receive it right now. I just reject reject shame and I reject condemnation and I reject death of sin because it was paid for by the blood of Jesus. So Lord, thank you for your grace. And you just move on. You move on with your eyes set on Jesus Christ, right? He is faithful regardless of our sins, failures and shortcomings. Let's let's remember that, friends. Verse 14. Remind everyone about these things. If I can pause. I want to remind you that he is faithful even when we're not. So I've done my job here. And command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words. Stop fighting over words. Let's continue. I mean, that's, it says command. So I'm taking the opportunity there. I don't get many opportunities to command you guys. So that was one of them. Such arguments are useless. And they can ruin those who hear them. I want to read verse 15 in in the New Living Translation uh, and then I'm going to talk about it for a second. So this is the next verse. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Okay, so I'm doing something that teachers, you know, it goes against kind of teaching protocol. Um, I presented this to you and then I'm going to tell you uh, to, to forget about this, to kind of ignore it, because it's a bad translation. That's just the honest truth. Um, this is the New Living Translation. I like the New Living Translation because it presents words in an easy-to-understand flow, but this is not an accurate translation of what the Word of God says. If you read the New King James, the King James, the New American Standard, and even the NIV, which I'm not a huge fan of the NIV, but even the NIV gets it right, and so I'm going to read it out of the New American Standard. Same verse 15. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Let's go back to that last verse in the, in the New Living. This says work hard so that you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. That's not true. This makes it sound like our hard work is what gains God's approval. It, it just, they, it, they worded it poorly. I'm, just, I'm pointing it out in case you're reading the New Living Translation. Make a note in it and say poorly translated. God bless them. I Lord, thank you for the new living, but they're just poorly translated. No matter how hard we work, this is not what gains God's approval. What what gained God's approval? Jesus Christ. The work of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The completed work of Jesus. Right? So I just wanted to kind of bring this up. Now let's go to the new, new uh, American Standard where we'll read this again. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Friends, this is a great verse to memorize. Just don't memorize it in the New Living, okay? (laughs) But this is, this is a great verse to memorize. We are indeed supposed to be diligent in presenting ourselves approved to God. But what does this mean? What does it mean to do that? In ancient world, there were no banking system as we know it today. No paper money. No friendly teller or unfriendly teller, depending on which time of day you catch them. 
No lollipops to be handed out with your deposit or withdrawal. All money was made from metal. It was heated until liquid, and it was poured into molds until it cooled. And they weren't even sophisticated molds like our jello molds or cookie molds or anything else we use. I mean, those would have been groundbreaking inventions. You know, these were much cruder molds. And when they came out, the coins came out, not the smooth things that we know with the, you know, perforated edges. You know, it was quite, you know, uh, inconsistent from one coin to the next. So when the coins were cooled, it was necessary to smooth off the uneven edges. These coins were soft compared to what we know. You know, now you kind of, you, know, you ever see like an old Western and they get a coin and they, you know, they'd bite it, you know, to see if it was real, you know, because, you know, that, that today they're all strong like that, but that wasn't the case. They were relatively pliable. The fact that they were soft allowed an opportunity for dishonesty. Taking advantage of this makeup of the coins, many people shaved the coins closely. They'd shave off a portion and save that. And when they did that often enough, they'd have enough to melt down. And it was a way of, of being dishonest. It was a way of robbing and stealing and not just stretching the dollar, but stealing from the next person that you were to give that coin to. In fact, over the course of a century, in Athens, Greece, there were over 80 laws that were passed to stop the practice of whittling down the coins that were in circulation. 80 laws over the course of 100 years. So that's like, you know, every, let's just call it every year, a new law. Golly gee, people keep coming up with these dishonest ways to whittle down the coins so they have a new law almost every year. But some money changers were men of integrity. Some money changers would accept no counterfeit money. Some money changers wouldn't accept that whittled down coin. They wouldn't accept it because then what are they going to do with it? If they're men of integrity, they're not going to pass it on to someone else, right? So they're not going to accept this whittled down version because it was less than. It was less than accurate. It was less than true. Some money changers were men of honor who would only put genuine, full-weight money into circulation. Such men had a name. And that name was dokimos. This is the word that was used to describe those honest money changers, those men of integrity who would accept nothing less than what was genuine, what was full, what was honest. And they definitely wouldn't turn it back. These are men that would weigh the money to make sure that it was accurate. They would go to painstaking links to make sure what they then gave out was true, was genuine. Dokimos. Everyone say it, dokimos. It's a Greek word, and here's how it's translated. Accepted. Particularly of coins and money. Accepted, pleasing, acceptable. Dokimos. Say it one more time. It's nice. It just floats off the lips. Dokimos. Dokimos. This is the word. This is the word that Paul chose to use 
when he talked about presenting your lives to God acceptable. Dokimos. This is the word Paul chose to use of how Christians were to live and to present their lives. Dokimos. Dokimos is how Christians are to be seen by the world. Friends, the only way you and I can undo any bad that's been done by Christians who didn't accurately represent the name of Jesus Christ is to live our lives in this fashion. Dokimos, acceptable, pleasing to God. Let's read that verse one more time. 2 Timothy 2.15 in the New American Standard. Be diligent to present yourself dokimos or approved, accepted, pleasing, acceptable to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. We will be examined. Our lives will be examined our time, our fruit. One day we will stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Bible talks about an examining. But friends, right now, before we become face to face with the Lord, our lives are being examined. Right now they're being examined. If we bear the name of Jesus Christ, if we claim to be a Christian, our lives are being examined by our co-workers, by our neighbors, by the people that, that our kids play sports with or we play sports with. Our lives are being examined. Are we cutting corners? Are we cutting corners? Are we shaving the edges? Are we pulling back a little for ourselves? Or are we presenting to God and to the world the full, true, honorable, genuine article. How are we presenting ourselves? Do you want to stand before God and not be ashamed? That passage speaks of that. As a workman who does not need to be ashamed. Do you want to present your lives before God not ashamed? Of course, I do. We all do. We want to present our lives not ashamed. We've got to stop cutting corners. We have to remove the subtle shaving of the metal of our lives. We've got to submit to God the hidden sin of our lives. We've got to submit to God the little compromise of our lives. Daily. Daily. we live our lives honest, bare, and honorable before God, then we have no reason to be ashamed. Right? Honest, bare, vulnerable, authentic, genuine. Notice I didn't say perfect. I didn't say perfect. We're going to blow it. But let's be genuine. Golly, gee. All right. I'll blow it. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I, I receive your grace, your forgiveness. Lord, I look to you, Lord. I agree with you. I made that about me. I, I did that to satisfy me. I didn't do that to satisfy you, Lord. And yes, you know, I talk you know, with the Lord just like that, and we all should. Yeah, Lord, I, I made that about me. I didn't make that about you. 
but you know that I'm just living our lives in this manner this is what will allow us to accurately handle the word of truth living our lives in this way is what will allow us to accurately handle the word of truth you know what we can't pick and choose we can't pick and choose and go uh, this applies to me because this is easy I don't do drugs I, that's easy that's good I don't uh, I don't steal and I don't kill so I'm good that's easy but then go oh this area I just won't preach on this area I just won't teach on this area I just won't exemplify this area because I I struggle with that I'm going to leave that one alone friends we can't do that and then accurately handle the word of truth that can't be our lives we can't pick and choose if we pick and choose how are we any different than the person who picks and chooses to fill in the blank for their definition of God Jesus is true the word of God is true and we handle it with integrity. We handle our lives that way. You guys, I speak Jesus more with my life than I do with his word, right? You do too. Unless you're ridiculously quiet or just ridiculously superfluous in your love and flow of the word of God. You know, I mean, most of the time our lives speak Jesus more than our quoting of Scripture. And it's supposed to be that way. Our, our lives are being examined. You know, I'm not going to sit there and, and do a list of subtle compromises and say, these are the type of subtle compromises. Boom, 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 and then list them off. I'm not going to do that because God has sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus ascended. The Father sent the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. And the Holy Spirit is good at what He does. So, listen. What is He speaking that are the subtle compromises that He wants you to remove from your life? That He wants me to remove? See, I preached this message to me throughout the weeks and getting ready for this. I've preached this one. I've repented. I've, Friends, we're to do the same thing. What are the things the Holy Spirit is speaking spotlighting going, what about this, buddy? What about this? Are you willing to give me this? I think it's awesome you don't kill people. I think it's awesome you don't steal from people. But what about this? Are you willing to give me this too? The one that's a little tougher for you. To accurately handle the word of truth. That word handle is orthotomeo. And it means to cut straight to proceed on straight paths. Hold a straight course. See a recurring theme here? To do right. To make straight and smooth. To teach the truth directly and correctly. This is what the Greek word says. Orthotomeo. To teach the truth directly and correctly. In my pre-sermon, from there in 2 Timothy 2.8, we see that Jesus is 100% man. 100% God. And that He reconciled us to the Father. And that this is the good news that we preach. Second Timothy 2.15 commands us that we are called to be men and women of integrity. But that bar, that standard of integrity has not been set by society. There's got to be a unified set of standards, guys. 
The standard of integrity that we're called to lift up to, live up to is not defined by Erie. It is not defined by Weld or Boulder County, depending on which part of Erie you live. It's not defined by Colorado. It's not defined by America. It's not defined by the planet Earth. The standard of integrity that we're called to adhere to is listed in front of us with the Word of God. How do we handle it? 2 Timothy 2.15 commands us that we are to teach the truth directly and correctly. Directly and correctly. Now, nothing about directly and correctly and correctly gives us the liberty to do it meanly. Okay? This is not our, our, our trump card to be jerks. This is not our trump card, hey, I'm speaking directly and correctly. And so that allows me so much liberty. I you've got the liberty to do it. You'll just be wrong. You'll just be doing it without love. And you won't get any responses. And we're called to do it in love. You guys, I promise you, the only way to, to deliver the word of God in love is to fall in love with him first. We have to fall in love with him. We have to be about relationship and rulership. We have to be about... What do I mean by rulership? That we are sons of the king. We get to reign with him. We get to rule with him. We are not of this world. He, we have made him Lord of our life. We have bowed and said, you are king. And in our lives, he gets his way. So we're called to teach the truth directly and correctly. We are called to accept no counterfeit truth. What do we see all throughout First and Second Timothy? Man, Paul is on his soapbox about false teaching. He is on it. As a matter of fact, if I was to keep reading, he's going to mention uh, Hymenaeus and Alexander Philetus, one of those false teachers, two of them. He's going to mention, be like, don't be like them. Don't be like them. We can accept no counterfeit truth and we can present no counterfeit truth. Hmm. Dokimos. That's how we live our lives. Genuine, authentic. We are called to put only genuine, full weight money into circulation. We are called to put only genuine and full weight Jesus into circulation. And yes, we get to do it with our words, but friends, more than that, we're being examined by our lives. And this is not a heavy burden. That's the beauty of being true, right? That's the genuine of being that's the beauty of being genuine. It's not heavy. If I am who I am, and I'm true and genuine, but I'm falling in love with him. And I'm not putting on a front. I'm not putting on a mask. And I'm not trying to be anything that I'm not. And you're not trying to be anything that you're not. You're just being you and sharing Jesus. It's not heavy. It's not heavy. Last week, we had a couple people give their lives to the Lord. So, my friends, it ain't heavy. You just be you. You don't got to be anyone else. You don't got to be someone. You don't got to pr- present yourselves as someone who's been saved for 20 years you haven't been you know just be you 
Just be you. But set your eyes on Jesus. Let your life reflect Jesus. Pursue Him. Seek Him. Grow in Him. Fall in love with Him. And and just share. When you're in love, you can't help but share. You're giddy. You giggle. You do really silly things. You, You know, you're not afraid to be silly. You sing when you have no business singing. You know, you... Try and write poetry, but you don't care because you're in love. I love that passage. I'm going to read it one more time. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Friends, we have to make it about Jesus. In Him, we, we find our lives, our identity, what we share, what we present. We find our motivation for it. So let's be that genuine article. Let's be the genuine article. Not the perfect article. The genuine article. You know, if you if you get certain historic documents, it's not perfect. It's, it's frayed on the end. There might be a tear. But they, but historians can look and go, oh, this is genuine. All of its flaws, it's genuine though. This is, yep, that's the genuine article. That's what we're called to be, the genuine article in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we set our eyes on you. And we thank you that your mercies are new every morning. So Lord, we we don't approach this new year. We don't approach 2013 and make it about ourselves to keep resolutions. We make tomorrow, December 30th, about setting our eyes on you the minute we wake up, receiving your new grace, your new mercy, and growing in you. Lord, we set our hearts to be a people who are repentant, who agree with you, who align our thoughts with your mind. And we allow you to renew our minds, our hearts, our lives. Lord, we desire to be genuine. And that's how we present ourselves to you, without cutting corners but saying, Lord, our our desire is to give you our all, 100%, 100%, Lord. Not shaving something back for us. Not passing off less than truth, but Lord, passing off our lives as genuine before you. Proclaiming and handling in a straight and direct and correct, honorable way your word, Lord God. Your truth which is Jesus Christ. So that's what we purpose in our hearts to do, to display, to represent, and to present Jesus in truth, in love, in integrity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, In a moment, I'm going to ask you guys to bow your heads one more time because I like the the kind of the privacy of the moment. If you're here today, 
and you've never declared Jesus as Lord of your life. You've never declared with your with your mouth and with your life that you make him Lord. You make him king. The Bible says if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that he is alive, that he conquered death, that he did it so that we could be with the Father, reconciled to God. If you believe that in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. Isn't that awesome? It's not about religion. It's not about church. It's about Jesus. It's about relationship. So if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. If you're here tonight and you believe, but maybe you've just never made that confession. You've just you've kept it in here, but you've never let it come out here. I, I want to let you know, it, it, you have to let it come out here. If you believe it, it's got to be spoken. You've got That has to be your testimony because your testimony defeats the devil. Your testimony and the blood of the Lamb brings victory in this world. So if we can close our eyes. If you're here tonight and you've never made that declaration, you've, you do believe. You believe in Jesus and you're willing to make Him Lord of your life. You're willing to say, here's the reins. Here's the wheel. I trust you. I give my life to you. If that's you, I just want you to lock eyes with me, raise your hand, and you and I will pray together later. Is there anyone that just wants to to make that confession, that proclamation today? Just lock eyes with me, raise your hand, make it unmistakable. Lord, I thank you for each person that's here, Lord. I thank you for every individual, every marriage, every husband and wife, every family. Lord, I just speak your blessing, your goodness, Lord. Lord, I I pray right now that Holy Spirit, you would just remind us to set our eyes on Jesus, not on ourselves, not on what we perceive as our lacks or our deficits, but on you, Lord. I just speak your blessing. Lord, bless my friends here, Lord, bless the marriages. Let them be strengthened with renewed joys and passions and romance and communication, Lord. Lord, bless every family. With, Lord, where the children, Lord, are full of joy and security. Lord, and hope every day. Just the most exciting day. Lord, I just speak blessing over each one of us, Lord, as we do approach a new year. But Lord, not with the new year having any significance but with our eyes set on you, Lord Jesus. That's significant. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.